Japanese Bjork known as Kope. You know, it's time for Pam. Oh, it's not time for Pamtastic's Comedy Club. It's the AltaCast <laughs> here on MutinyRadio.fm. It's high noon. I am exceedingly high. And I get to say hi to David Stolowitz. Hello. Hi, guys. Yay. From a cult oubliette every Tuesday from 10 to midnight. Uh, st- sticking around, were you were you sleeping up the Sylvans and you were just in town, or did you go home and come back? Yeah, so actually, like, I bought a textbook uh, a month back for a class I'm taking, and I had to get it right away, so I signed up for that Amazon Prime service, and six weeks later, they got me and grabbed 100 bucks out of my account. So I was going to be stuck here anyway, and I'm, I'm taking uh, a bunch of San Francisco comics down for a show in Morgan Hill on Thursday. Oh. Yeah, So because they can't afford Caltrain. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I mean, it's and you can't you can't skip on Caltrain. You can't. It's not like a Bart thing where you can be like, oh, well, like they they come and they check. Yeah, they, they, do. they really do, and they don't like it when you don't. I, I've never not paid. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're out of your zone, they're like, you went in an extra zone. <laughs> Pay the extra two fifty. Well. Caltrain, the worst way to kill yourself. That's the, we want to fuck up everyone's commute. Uh, there you go. Just jump right in front of that train. Toot toot. Uh, so Occult Oubliette, a great show on Tuesday nights about all things in the occult. Yeah. Got Jesus behind you. How does how do you, how does he factor in? On, do you turn Jesus. him around? <laughs> That's not Jesus. You don't turn him around during your show. You're like Sparkle Jesus. You don't need to see any of this. No, Just he's an ongoing of, joke. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I was really sad that somebody defaced him and scratched idol above his head. I was like, this is a beautiful piece of art that my friend made. Uh, one of my friends won a, a costume contest, The Good Doctor Katie, years ago. It was like a cholo karaoke contest thing, and she dressed up as the best chola uh, with her black lip liner and then the thing. And the and, and so she won the sparkle Jesus that George sparkled himself. So he actually got the Jesus. Didn't originally have sparkles. Nay. He put the sparkles on the Jesus. So I'm like, this is a piece of art. So I was very upset when it got defaced with the word idol because I'm like... All right, sure. I mean, what better better idol than Jesus Christ, right? He was a Billy's pretty good. <laughs> Who? Billy Idol. <laughs> Billy Idol. <laughs> no, he's not a good idol. He has terrible roots. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Even like, although, I would like to see um, a woman dress up as Billy Idol. Actually, that would be a fun. Like a Halloween costume would be like Billy Idol and David Bowie, and they were both girls, and no one knew which was which, except one was like wearing another jacket, and one had a like a lightning bolt on the face or something. Mm. They look very similar to me. All pop stars are the same. Okay. Who's your favorite pop idol? John Mayer. Really? Yeah. Grew up with him. Wow. I tried to make a joke about John Mayer once uh, because I wanted to be like, uh, you know, he's not very romantic. Every time I hear him, I, all I can hear in my head is, uh, your body is a water park. And I'm like, that's, that's gross. It's like, I don't want to get in that water either. It has diseases. I don't want to dip. If you put enough drugs in it, you won't get sick. Like, do you know what I mean? Okay. But I could never make that joke fly. Because it just never, I just never liked John Mayer enough. To... Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was into him like when I was getting all romantic and coming out of the closet. Oh, so, so romantic. Yeah, and he was like really sweet back in the day when he was just this curly little jazz player out of Georgia. And, and he got really big and he started experimenting and not everybody liked it. But I like his Montana incarnation now. 
you're speaking in another language. I'm like, did he go into country music? What happened? His Montana phase? I'm scared yeah, of country so he, music now. He went off to Montana and really got into the lifestyle there. And I've been up there too. It's really gorgeous. I love it. And, uh, you know, they, they have their own a monk. culture there. Not, not, not a monk, actually. More like, I don't know, combination hippie cowboy. Hippie cowboy. Yeah. American like monk. Oregon libertarian. Hippie cowboy, American monk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that could be the name of his next album. John Mayer, look me up. American monk. Yeah, so he crossed over with a little bit of folk and country, but mm. it, it's still, uh, you know, jazzy rock. Careful, we're getting into that country stuff today. Yeah, we are. Because I don't have a lot of love for country fans, but I'm super sad that they all got, like, systematically murdered yeah what the fuck i mean wow that is hardcore and very very sad and the fear and loathing in las vegas is primed Mm. i have the fear i mean i would okay so when i woke up on monday and jonathan my wonderful beautiful boyfriend nudges me awake and says oh good morning honey i love you so much uh 50 people are dead in las vegas and i i went it's a cia plot like as i'm coming awake from sleepiness the first thing to my mind is it's a cia plot uh super scary and as the details have been coming out about who he was and his possible motivations and that it was premeditated because he modified all of these guns with these pump action maneuver things and so you knew that it was premeditated and he brought them all in you know one by one and had them upstairs and it's like was this truly one man's effort but he did work for the government for 10 years so ah, ah! <laughs> like do they have mind control drugs what's going on i'm i'm not okay i am a conspiracy theorist i just don't i just see patterns and you know, in the first thing when Trump starts talking about it, he says, God, 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 evil, evil, God, 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 evil, Trump God. Trump doesn't know shit about God. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, but the thing is that he keeps playing to this, which is why I'm thinking it, it reeks of government conspiracy to me because of... Uh, there's God and country lovers love God. People who love country love God, right? Yeah. Country loves God. God is part of country. Well, I think there's been enough shootings over the past Shoot. few years targeting everyone of every demographic. Right, that's true yeah. too. That's true. Yeah. And the, I, the, the thing about the guy and the thing with the with the dark night, the dark night. Yeah. Uh, I at, went to see that movie in the theater. Could have been me. Yeah. Uh, it's so scary. Uh, welcome Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, to the podcast. She made it. CPT. Uh, David Stolowitz of Occult Oubliette is with us. We are just started up uh, talking about... He has a show about uh, all things occult, Satan, whatnot, and wonderment. And oh. I have a new theory. <laughs> I have a theory. So when I woke up on Monday morning, Jonathan said, 50 people are dead. I said, oh, it's a CIA plot. And then I heard Trump talk about God. And I'm like, okay, so what is this going to spin? It's a white guy. And what's... they're gonna, Are they going to let out that like he was a Satan worshiper or something? Is this about religion? Is this like... Trump's going to take the God side. And I, this is just me being conspiratorial. I don't being think like, there's no conspiracy. Do I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any conspiracy uh, to this. That's not everything. It's just a crazy rich, bored white guy who went crazy and shot a bunch of people at a country music festival. But because he hates country? I, or because he hates a, people? He's Something's wrong with him. He's just, a, maybe it's because the world's getting browner. I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe <laughs> watch too much Fox News. There, I, you know, there was uh, the other it's thing. Hard. And they've been like playing it up. Uh, they're like, you know, he was such a nice man before. Yes, the there we go. Well, they also, they also, yeah. yeah. such you know, a nice Bob, guy. Like he's, you know, he never did anything wrong, or like, you know, he he's a avid gambler, which is well, that's a, that's, now, if, no, that's okay, the same now, thing right there. Oh, now that's Ooh, the like he was no guy. devil narrative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was exactly. But the thing is, just like you know, he he he's crazy. Just He's point blank, just ape shit. Yeah, and, and clearly a misanthrope because he targeted a huge event. Huge. I mean, this has huge. record numbers sent in modern history. Modern you history. know, there there are the thank you the for old, saying that by the way. Too. Yeah, because I've noticed, and that is important to acknowledge the Tulsa massacre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, from his vantage point, you know, there were like twenty five thousand people at that yeah. crowd. Right. Five hundred got injured, and even people that were armed could not defend themselves. So no. they're saying that's eliminated the good guy with a gun defense. Oh, absolutely. well, and that's the thing is, I'm thinking, is yeah. this about gun control? Is this about mental health? Like, how how does this get spun in a happy way? It would be, hey, let's get some mental health. Let's start dealing with. Uh, the health issues we have with, and that'll help with the opiate crisis yeah. too. If we start giving people there are mental so health, so many angles you could take to have prevented this tragedy. Absolutely. Yeah. And going back to the mental health thing, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, in February, uh, Congress just signed a bill that reversed the Obama regulation of people who are mentally unstable. Now they can have guns again because <gasps> Obama signed that after the Sandy Hook massacre in 2012. And they repealed it. They yeah. repealed it. Yeah. Shameless. So, you know, let the, fuck that bullshit that uh, Uncle Tom Paul Ryan was talking about. Like, well, we have to look into mental illness. When and by the way, what'd you just do? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. like we're yeah. dummies. Yeah. Like we're stupid motherfuckers that don't, right. we, can't, don't that read. we can't read. Well, you know. I mean, we're not the president. We ain't that dumb. Well, the thing is that in well, the past, so it was it was easy to control people in the past during the Reformation age and, and back with the religion because the only people who knew how to read were the priests. So they were in control of all the knowledge. But the problem is we actually know how to read now and we're still stupid. We're like, <laughs> we're still as dumb. I'm like, is the new plague coming? We're going to be like, oh, let's all shit each other's mouths so we can all get the plague and die like a four of our population can die or, or i mean it's but we're smart now we know how to read and we're still being dumb like yeah. we're even, well, even dumber right now, now that we're smarter press came out you know it was used for some pretty bad ends too i mean you had the propaganda pieces like uh, the protocols of the elders of zion that's still being used today um and like supposedly once a year uh, all the jewish elders get together in the cemetery in prague and plan about how to overthrow the christian world <laughs> i still haven't been invited to that pam i send in my dues every year <laughs> oh, we had to overthrow <laughs> well my my dad sent me actually this will be this will be my dad sent me something actually interesting today but it is it is it is deep and I tried to get into it at the beginning and I'm like it's so hard for me to deal like philosophically with the idea of taxes um, because I'm a Marxist and I believe that like there should be no private property and everything should be everyone's anyways but that's ideologically and I know that that can't work because people are greedy motherfuckers so I get that uh, and I'm a special little snowflake that, you know, I was a leech off the capitalist government. I understand that I could not live my lifestyle without capitalism right now because I'm a leech on the capitalist system. But ideologically, I'm a Marxist. And I think that we all just should share and everything would be a lot better. But my dad is a Republican. Oh, wow. And so when I was little and 
Latoya knows this. When I was little, I used to ask my daddy, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans? And he said, Pammy, Democrats are people without money. Or no, he started with Republicans. Republicans are people with money that want to keep their money. And Democrats are people without money that want to take Republicans' money and give it to the poor people. <laughs> like that's that theory still just drives me crazy. I'm like yeah. that's like that's like more like socialism is when we take from the it's more like Robin Hood is when we well, take from the rich. True too. And There's we give Democrats to the, that are very rich themselves. You know? Exactly. That's, that's yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the look at the Clintons. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't need to get this. Might be a little too. I mean, it's I wanted to get into today math, history, and tax reform. This thing just because it's from my dad, and I was like, oh, we'll talk about we'll break it down on the AltaCast, Dad. Um, but I feel like since we opened with it, we should keep talking about this horrible thing and what's gonna come in the aftermath in the wake nothing no, do you think nothing nothing 59 more people are still dying so First now it's all, death of 59 people you know over 500 have been shot they could die too who knows listen if those 26 kids at sandy hook if they didn't do anything then what do you think what's gonna happen Ain't shit gonna happen. Yeah, it was no. the opposite. And people went out and bought more guns. Yeah, because the they stocks thought, went up. Yeah. The stock and the NRA is just laughing to the bank. More. Oh, yeah. And they profit off the left, too. You know, after Trump got elected, a lot of liberals went out and bought guns because they were afraid of the Trumpers. Yeah. And those people and those liberals are crazy, too. I mean, all you just, I mean, the thing is, Congress and the NRA, they're just so intertwined. And the Congress, you know, they suck the NRA's dick. It ain't going. Ain't nothing going to change. There's going to be another one. Every day there's like a mass shooting. There was one in Lawrence, Kansas, on Saturday oh where five people got shot. But you didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah, of course not. I was in yeah. Kansas. Was it the Winchesters? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was still trying to pay people back. She felt badly about that one. Come on, poor Miss Winchester, <laughs> trying to give money back. She was. She really. She really felt guilty about it. You know. She was like, let me give you. But, uh, but what is the answer going to be that we change the constant? We, we change the articles and we take away the second oh, no, the second that. amendment is that what ends up happening if it's kept it to the militia interpretation it wouldn't be an issue right you know but i mean the thing is like ain't nobody gonna touch a second amendment the only i mean honestly the most reasonable thing that you could do is um ban like a lot uh, assault weapons and yeah. what have you, and but it was that like, he had regular weapons and he he augmented them with these special the, the pump clips. things. Yes, right. exactly. So he specifically bought something to. Well, then why are they even making those items? Exactly. Why are they even making ninety nine dollar items that can take your simple rifle and turn it into a machine gun? Why does that exist? You know, for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I, I guess. Well, that's the thing. Is like for the Mexicans coming. How? <laughs> and and it goes into this. How well do we have to arm ourselves, especially if we look at the Second Amendment and what it was for? It was so that we can take up arms against our oppressors if they suddenly oppress us. So it's that we can rise up against our government. But when they have like, you know, huge tanks and, you know, suitcase bombs and drones, our little assault rifles aren't going to do shit. So it's like, if we're going to open it up, let us all have grenades. I mean, if we're really, if the reason that the Second Amendment exists is so that we can rise up against our government, we're already fucked. It's it's pointless. It's moot because they can smash us anytime they want. Pretty much. So, uh, so what are we? So it's like a stupid thing we just all believe in. Like, oh yeah, we have well, the second amendment. one of the so weaknesses and we can... the reason like terrorism has been, you know, used as a political tool for the last hundred years is as a response to that overwhelming use of force. Because, you know, it's like with an occupied country, you can have a war of attrition going on for decades, as you've seen, like in Syria and Israel and Palestine, uh, because. 
you know, with the Anarchist Cookbook, you can improvise all sorts of explosive <laughs> devices. And that's what, yep. and dude, he had some explosives. He had some material for explosives as well. Oh my too. God, that would be a so nightmare. Like, he was, he was <gasps> if he would have thrown grenades, if he had like a grenade launcher and he would have been launching grenades out of there, but you can't have a grenade launcher if you're a real person, right? Like you can't go to a store and buy a grenade launcher, but you have to like underground find some like know, arms because dealer. Because this is the thing. It's like you can go to Walmart and buy guns. Yeah, but I'm talking, yeah. I mean. Not if you're black, you get shot and murdered at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That happened. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is just like, you know, the the Second Amendment, I mean, it needs to be reviewed, but it ain't going to happen. Um, there's just gonna, there's too much money in it. There's too, yeah, there's too, too much. much the NRA just they're just way too, too powerful money. for people to. I mean, unless we do something, unless we vote these fuck faces out. But there's also the Democrats also as well have their pockets with the NRA. So I mean, the fact of the matter is just basically just somebody needs to just blow up the NRA. <laughs> right. there, there's your mass but shooting right the there. Answer is the answer no guns. Is no. it saying? No. I mean. Would it solve anything? No, it wouldn't I, solve no. if we, if if the thing was put back that if you had mental. But the thing is, if you aren't even getting mental health services, you don't even know if you have mental health yeah. issues, so you don't even know if you can or can't get a gun. You know, I wouldn't. Would would either of you want a gun? I know that I never I, want a gun. I don't want a gun because I end up shooting myself. I'm a class. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I thought about it, but also and... it's like I realize I have my own mental issues, and it just wouldn't be make me or anyone else safer. Um, I'll tell you a little story though. Like I, uh, I got some fans out in Lodi and Modesto in the valley, and one of them was a real big gun nut with like a Confederate flag on his profile, and he Ooh. was telling me about how he had like 49 guns stockpiled at home, and Ooh. you know he was convinced that society as we knew it was coming to an end. And uh, you know, listening to this American Life talk about the issues, you know, they point out that all these white power people really feel like they don't have power, and they do tend to be working class. I mean, they get duped by the 1%, right. um, but it's like they are always willing to believe them when they say, oh, it's not us, it's them. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's because they're not owning their labor. It's because they're working in a, and they don't believe, uh, socialism is bad, but, you know, no, the, they've the still crux, got that Protestant work ethic. But the crux yeah. of, but the crux of Marxism is owning your own labor when you as a worker, own your own means of production, then that's where your power is. They, listen, they don't understand that bullshit. <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is just like, you know, the us versus them thing, that theory. And I think whenever you hear people that have that many guns like that, mm. those are the people that I think are the craziest because they do feel like, you know, the government's going to, you know, take my guns away or there's too many terrorists or there's too many brown people or the, the fear. It's all about the fear. And they, the media helps feed that fear to them, and it's. I think that's kind of like that's that's why. I think my theory is that's what happened with this crazy white dude. Mm. You know, too much Fox News got into his head. Too much Fox News. See, now I believe that there shouldn't be any guns anywhere. I don't think police officers should have guns. I think that if you're a police officer, you should be able to. You know, they're called peace officers, you know. You're able to restore the peace with, like, a billy club. If you got to beat someone up, that's enough. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to use your words from a distance to figure out what's going on without uh, what last... A week and a half ago, a, a like a 16-year-old boy was shot in front of a 7-Eleven. Um, yep. You show the cop, they're sort of struggling for a second, and then the kid sort of backs away, and then he takes his gun out and boom, 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 shoots him like six times, and he falls against I'm like, this is insane. A cop cannot subdue a 
16-year-old child with words? Is that what we're coming to? Is you can't... Honey. A police officer is so powerless that they can't use their fucking words what, to talk down a child? Well, they feel that think? way, and they're so paranoid. They're like, everywhere I go, somebody's going to shoot me. Somebody's going to shoot me. And then it's like they see shadows when there aren't any. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Probably. we should take the guns away from the police. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, absolutely. But that ain't going to happen either. I know. Um, I know. But I'm just dreaming. Well, never you say can't. never. It's just you got to think outside the box. Like, what never. about a nice bacteria that would decompose never. all the guns? Well, that's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, wow. they even banned, uh, or there was there was a gentleman who made a gun um, who basically, you know, you had to have your fingerprint or what have you uh-huh. um, in order to use it. And if someone else didn't have that fingerprint, the, 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 uh, the gun couldn't. Sure, well. Won't work. Shoot, won't work or yeah. what have you. Great. But Congress, they they didn't want that. Oh, yeah. Which but is that's how we say- know if it's truly a suicide or not, because you could totally stage a suicide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if it's got, oh no, actually, you'd have to. If you were going to use one of those guns to stage a suicide, you'd have to knock them unconscious, get their own hand, put their fingerprint on it, and then blow the trigger but then you'd have your own DNA there too unless you were like completely in I watch way too much I was, CSI you know, I, I, I just I, I wish we just go back to swords yes it was I so mean, romantic back when you could just slash people I know. <laughs> just eviscerate them you know, it's just, like, just stabby stab stab you, you gotta, I want to get a katana I really do I'm gonna get, it's gonna call it blue dream it'll be great <laughs> I mean the thing is like I, guns to me are scary period I like I've never shot one though I, I I mean, I wouldn't mind shooting one, but I, I just, I don't, I think they're overrated and there's no, I, there's too many. There's too many. There's too many. But the thing is like, you know, the second amendment isn't for everybody, by the way. I just want to let you know that that's, that's the second amendment is not for people of color. And this is something that I just found <laughs> yeah, out. The Black Panthers proved that. Thank you. I was yeah. just getting ready to say that. I just learned that yesterday. The fact of the matter, um, in California, back in 1968, when the uh, Black Panthers um, had their guns, and they, because um, they had the right to bear arms, Absolutely. and they went to the uh, courthouse. California said, oh no, Negroes got guns, and they can, no, they're really practicing the Second Amendment. That's why California became a little bit smart, a little bit, became strict on their gun policy, because the Black Panthers, they wow. realized the fact of the matter, oh no, that, that's not for them. That Second Amendment isn't supposed to be for those Negroes. Well, well it's because they rising up against your oppressor. They're like, you're oppressing us! <laughs> Stop oppressing us! But that's the thing. So, so only white people get the right yeah. to rise up against their uh, oppressor? Philo uh, Castile, point blank. Uh, he was the gentleman that um, in Minnesota was killed by the police on Facebook Live. Oh. Um, and he let the officer know that he has a gun with him and he has a permit. And uh, as, the, um, as he's reaching for, for his, his ID. Permit for his ID. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And look, look what happened. Oh, my God. He got murdered. That's insane because he was letting him know. He's like, I have a permit. I'm not reaching for my for gun. Wow. Yeah. But that's the thing is, so maybe the problem is that we're not training our police officers how oh, to no, listen. Oh, no, we're not. But they, the thing is that they should be the most trained in listening and verbal communication to diffuse situations to keep the peace. It, That'll happen. But, yeah. it's, but isn't that what they're... I mean, if we're talking about like... When they say, well, I'm a real constitutionalist and I believe in the law the way it was created. Well, if we're talking about the laws and the way that they're created, when we created the police force, it was their their public, um, their, we, we own them, they're, they're our employees. And yet we've let them have all of these rights. I just, I feel like 
they should be trained in verbal communication. Oh, they should be. And and they and there was a there was a process during um, the Obama administration where they were going to have uh, the Attorney General, uh, uh, excuse me, the Attorney General at the time, uh, Eric Holder. They were going to submit uh, more police training and better communications with you know the people in the community and what have you. But that ain't going to happen right now in this administration. Um, so yeah, you had the woman again in Minnesota last month who called the police and she, you know, she runs out and the police officer shoots her. White lady by the way. Right, right, uh, right, right, right. Right, the I yoga think, pants lady. Yeah, yoga pants lady. Oh, yeah. poor yoga pants. Yeah. And she and she she's um an Aussie too, so she's from Australia. By the way, Australia how they end their mass shootings in 1996 after killing a bunch of school children on a, uh, I think it was like 16 uh, school children murder. They banned assault weapons and they have not had a mass shooting since. But I think they also it's have true. healthcare too. You can't kill that many people when you have to reload. That's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a matter of the technology. Right. Yeah. If you have to reload, you can't kill. I mean, that guy was spraying... Hundreds 30, of bullets. On the 30 Hundreds of bullets. <laughs> Hundreds of bullets just willy-nilly. Yeah, well, it's just I hate humanity. In, just yeah. in one shot, but one trigger pull can make all those bullets go out. Well, why not we just it's just one bullet and then you reload? You just, and then you just another one and then... Because then they would have been able to catch him because he would have shot out there and been like, what the fuck? People would have looked up and they would have been like... So it would have just changed the dynamic of the number of deaths if there were no assault rifles or things that you can augment regular guns to make them assault rifle to make them you know i wonder if overpopulation isn't contributing to all of this because you know naturally because you know we we discourage birth control and abortion um there are just too many people these days especially in the cities crowding together and that has a psychological effect when, when it's just too much, you get overwhelmed. I mean, I'm living in the country now. I'm just like, wow, how did I ever survive? It's just like, I can, I can breathe. I when can the stay. last the eagle flies. flies. Like, you know? It's awesome. Yeah, birds um, chirping. There's horseshit, but you know. <laughs> um, but the mushrooms grow in there, yeah, right? Yeah, but so like, I wonder maybe if people don't let all these tragedy happen because they're just like, oh, well, we're going to have more babies anyway. Oh, I can't imagine. We have to believe that. Well, that's the question is, do we believe that every life is sacred, that people who are alive get to stay alive? Or do we just, are, is money more important than people and we just don't give a fuck anymore? I mean, obviously we know that, you know, human life isn't sacred. Look at what's going on in Puerto Rico. Right, but that's the thing is if we don't give a shit about human life, why do they get get such up in arms about abortion? But why care about abortion? Why fucking be like, you can't get an abortion, but everyone in the Philippines can die. Or, oh, whatever, there was just another mass shooting. A, you know, more, more kids, whatever. Why not just, well, exactly. So then what's it? So, but then somehow you can make choices for me inside my, uterus. it's all about control. It's like, so they want to control my uterus and my means of production or my, whatever, my life. It's like, fuck you. I get to make decisions for myself. But then they're like, oh, whatever. Once you have a kid, we could just let it die willy nilly. It's America is the last hope on earth and the last superpower conveniently. Right. Um, and then everybody else is evil and they're going to hell anyway, so their lives aren't really important. And, and it, that's such it is it brings about such cognitive dissonance for me that I'm yeah. just like I can't I can't believe both things at the same time. So then I'm confused. It's it's just like how taxes work. I can't believe both sides. I can't 
I just yeah, I, I don't I know. know what the truth is anymore. This I am so like disillusioned at this point. I, I'm like, oh, there was another mass shooting. Like whatever. It's I can't even. I don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. I'm like, is San Francisco real? Is weed really going to be legal? Or are they going to come in with militias and take away all our drugs? The like, clowns <laughs> were real, Pam. They were after you. You didn't imagine it. The clowns. I know. That's why my bed is on the ground, and I don't have I don't have a, a box spring on a a thing because I can't have anything under my bed because that's where the clowns live. <laughs> that's where the poltergeist clown will always live, and I can never. I always have to have my box spring on the ground. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't have a gun. No, I should never have a gun. I don't even drive a car. I'm so responsible to you people out in the world that I don't drive a car because me in a car is a killing machine. A, I could never parallel park. B, I used to drive drunk all the time until I got my DUI. I'm, and I smoke pot constantly, so I would always be inebriated. Me not driving a car is me being a responsible adult and saying, hey, society, I get it. You know I rules. will fuck up your rules, and I don't even want to have to pay the consequences for the fun. I don't even, I shouldn't be driving a motor vehicle. Vehicle. That is a dangerous weapon for me to be barreling down the highway at 60 miles an hour Wise with other decision. people in cars. Like, I don't understand. Like, I can't even get over the concept of, like, the architecture of a car. Okay, like, so here I am. I'm sitting here, and the wheel is this far away from me, and then the windshield's at an angle, and there's sunlight. Ah! And then there's the trunk, and then there's the car. And then you're on one side, and people are on the other. And then you're turning corners, and there's people. Ah! ah how are people just doing this all the time without, like, losing their fucking minds? Yeah, you definitely shouldn't have a gun. Well, no, I should. Or but it's the, or a sword. but the thing is we we make it when you're 16 years old. We're like you are you're entitled. To, here's an American entitlement. You're entitled to drive a car. Feel good about it. And this is your right as an American. Drive a car. You know what? Some people they should have pointed me out when I was in driver's ed and been like, this one shouldn't drive. <laughs> Oh, when I was 16, I got a brand new car. I got my brand new car. I got in a in a foot head-on collision within Aww. the first week. Oh my god! I, and they gave me they fixed the car. They gave it back to me. I'm like, what is wrong with you here? <laughs> is anybody getting the signs that I should never have been a driver? Like, yeah. But the public transportation didn't exist until I lived in San Francisco. And when I lived in Danville growing up, my mom never let me ride the bus. She was like, buses are dirty and for poor people. And so like, I wasn't allowed to ride the bus. It was dangerous. To ride the bus. And this is in Danville. This is in Danville. Oh, Lord. So it was like, you should be in a car. I know. It's insane to me. It's ab- It blows my mm-hmm, mind. Yeah. Anyways, this is where my perspective shift has happened. So <laughs> now I'm like, <laughs> but I just, I don't think that people, I don't think that having a gun is an American right. I know that the, I know that the second amendment says it is, but I really feel like. No, it's just so culturally embedded, especially in, in Midwestern red state culture. Because, like, I was in uh, the Boy Scouts. My dad is super scouter. Like, he, he got their national award the day after I was born. You know, we were more involved with that than, like, our synagogue. And uh, the, the thing is, is I learned to shoot uh, guns at, at scout camp. And, you know, it came along with proselytization and patriotism and all of it. And they're still one of the most conservative organizations on earth. So it's like there's so many people and it's like our history is different than Europe was because of the frontier and just the vast spaces where people had to be autonomous because there were no public services. I mean, there was like one lawman to cover a, a giant territory the size of a small state. Right, and yeah. those Indians were pretty pissed off, and they oh, kind of yeah. wanted to attack you because you stole their land. Exactly, that's when Sir. they start shooting. Yeah, of course, <laughs> muskets a took a lot longer to charge. You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, it's you know the thing is just like it's I I am I I do I am a believer in the Second Amendment, but I do think it needs to be revised. Um, but I I. 
there just, just there just needs to be some kind of gun control. It's a com- it's, it's, it's a confusing issue, it and really is. none of us have guns, so Fuck it's hard. Swords. And it's hard as in California too, because we're like, what are you gonna hunt? <laughs> raccoons? I mean, Don't like, hunt a raccoon. They're nice. <laughs> we have more open space left. <laughs> my, my, my kill the beast. My kill grandfather, the beast. he would um shoot. He had a rifle, and he would always shoot groundhogs from the backyard or what have you. Because there was a guy down the street that would eat groundhogs. Oh, shit's gross though. Um, and I remember he always. Unfortunately, my grandfather would leave the rifle like right by the uh, back door. And I remember there was one time I did pick it up. Oh. And I I was old enough. I was like 9, 10. I wasn't playing with it because I'm like, no, I'm not going to kill myself. But I was just like fascinated by it. And I did want to I did want to shoot it. And I asked him, granddad, can you teach me how to shoot one day? He's like, yeah, one day. I mean, that never happened, though. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you know, the thing is like with something like that, that's why I am a defender of the Second Amendment, right? Because, you know, if you if you want to shoot something you know okay go ahead don't shoot people don't don't hunting, shoot squirrels hunting, they're so cute hunting is squirrels yeah so i get cute. it uh, eating off the land i'm down for that yeah i'm down you know off the land. but we don't need those fucking like ak-47s yeah, and bullshit this isn't halo you don't respawn afterwards right, <laughs> yeah, right. we don't need that yeah. shit well, you don't teach that and to by the, the way just having and when people use the fact of like I need a gun to protect my family okay how many times have we talked about the fact of like okay so someone's coming in your house you get robbed what are you gonna do hop out of bed right. get to the safety do unlock yeah, it unlock, yeah. yeah pull out the gun put I mean come on it doesn't work in that uh, in that situation just like if someone had a gun uh, in this situation in uh, Las Vegas, we could do shoot it in the air. Yeah, right. I mean, and yeah. plus, if you did have a gun and try to protect everybody and try to be the hero, the police would think that you would have been the shooter right, in the first right, place. Right, right, and right, then right, you'd right. You'd be a dead motherfucker. Right, but you can't bring guns into a concert. They had they check for that. Uh, but you can on the Vegas Strip. Really? Can, yeah, but you, but fake guns, no. Isn't that's that fucked weird. up? That's so, like, if you have a lifesaver or what have you, they're illegal to walk on the strip with, like, you know, your lifesaver. But if you have a gun, you can walk down that's on the strip. Insane. Ass backwards. Ass. We are all ass backwards. Okay, well, let's... We're going to check. We're going to see. Uh, jump in anytime with comments on this. This is math, history, and tax reform. Thanks to my father, he sent me this. Daddy. So we can just at any time interrupt if it seems silly. Uh, this is written by Cal Thomas of the Tribune Content Agency. Uh, in school, I liked math the least and history the most. Both can be useful in the coming debate over President Trump's proposed tax reforms. One thing I learned in math class is that if the formula is wrong, the answer will be wrong. In history class, I learned that we are not the first people to occupy the planet, and the experiences of those who came before us can be helpful when considering contemporary issues. Since the administration of Franklin D. Roosevelt, the left has presented government as the answer to every problem. The increasing taxes needed to finance the whimsy saddles hardworking taxpayers. Yeah, see, see, I disagree with well, that. No, I know. Yeah. I, I already I disagree with this too because because no because FDR with the, the I mean, new deal the new deal was great and it, the, it created the worker workers progress. Yeah, uh, all the 
all the W things and the and the federal and all yeah. all of our uh, federal land and national park system was well, the idea is put you get people by. on their own feet and then they don't need governing exactly <laughs> but, but having and it's coming off the depression for Pete's but, sake but with yeah. the New Deal when he created programs like the National Forest Pro- Forestry Program that created all of these jobs for people who could be forest rangers and he, he saving land to keep it beautiful so that we can yay have beauty and wonderment and eagles and, and probably hunt yeah and all this stuff but you can't I don't think you can well national preserves but then you you're creating jobs so I don't think that it's necessarily government whimsy to create programs that create jobs for people what, what are we going to have privatized it's a investment yeah, yeah it's it a great investment, it's investment in your in own our land people the American people that everyone right. is always talking yeah. about you know? so, so, then the, so then the word that we come down to is whimsy, whimsy. finance the whimsy so with the new deal I think a lot of things were not whimsy social security was not whimsical nope. exactly. and seems to help everybody the national forest systems that whimsy the uh Department of Public Works. Uh, he started a whole theater thing yeah. in the. There was all kinds of stuff. It was job creation for artists. And okay, so we've uh, we've knocked that part down. Uh, saddles hardworking taxpayers with the burden of paying modern day version of Roman tribute to inept rulers never oh. satisfied with the amount. Failure, of course, <laughs> right, never seems to be reason enough to slow government growth much less reduce its size and reach for the left any failure is attributed to the evil rich who don't pay enough okay that's i say i attribute everything to the evil rich who don't pay enough oh my god because i think there should be a cap i don't think that people should ever make more than like two million a year how do you need more than two what i'm hearing from this is this sounds like it's coming from a middle class guy yeah somebody who's aspiring to be rich doesn't want that to be bad but also doesn't want the money he's already made to be taken away. Exactly. Yeah. But I think there should be a cap. I don't think any person needs more than $2 million a year. I honestly, what? how rich are you? How much do you need? You need more than $2 million a year. Your lifestyle is so extravagant that you need $2 million a year. And then they say, well, I'm, I'm creating jobs because on my yacht, I need to have a, a captain and a chef. You know? So like. Yeah, but there again, that's that blind trust in the merit of the wealthy. Exactly. Yeah. So I just don't think uh, so here's where keep going. There is another formula which, when tried, has succeeded. It worked for John F. Kennedy, who cut taxes, ditto for Ronald Reagan. Yes, he also raised taxes, but then economic growth was such that they did not have a negative effect. Wait, Ronald Ra- wait, Reagan? Said, yeah, he, Reagan <laughs> Reagan cut taxes and raised taxes. Okay, first of all, let's let's stop right there. How many jobs were lost and how many factories left right. um in the nineteen eighties? Right, exactly. And we're still and we're still we're still going through it. We're still feeling yeah. it. Right, to poor Detroit. Their water is brown and we go, Why is your water brown and being lit on fire? <laughs> I mean, does anyone remember the movie Roger and Me? Yeah, I, that was yeah. yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Try the other one. Hello. There we go. Okay. Yeah, we we hear your voice. Yeah, Yeah, that's going in and out for whatever reason. That movie came out in 1988. Right. We watched in college. Yeah. I remember at UC San Diego. It was so funny. (laughs) It was was really sad. When she skinned the rabbit, that was the worst. Oh, yeah. I I forgot about that part. Oh, my God. She skins the rabbit. She's fucking starving. She's skinning rabbits. I just just hate the fact that... Oh, and by the way, um, in his first term... um, 
again, there was a recession uh, going on in right. 1981 to 83. Well, they were dealing with the gas crises. Yeah, from the gas the, crisis. From the 70s and um, the Carter administration. Carter administration, which started under Gerald Ford. Right, right, um, right. But the fact of the matter is, like, these people that praise Reagan, the only thing about Reagan that m- these fuck faces liked was he deregulated Wall Street. That's what it is. Well, That's was, what, he's great for the middle class. Ronald Reagan actually was kind of, he tried to champion the middle class. He was one of the last guys that's like, you're important, you're important, we need you. Now we're like, fuck the middle class. You're either rich or you're poor. Mm -hmm. He was very much a figurehead and uh, with the Cold War and the ending, you know, he was in the right place at the right time and he had good speech writers. Well, because he's a great actor. (laughs) He's a great actor. He's a great actor and he could memorize things despite Alzheimer's. So he really knew how to use, you know, the TV. Absolutely. He started the crack up but fuck that piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He killed all the gay people too. He just let them die of AIDS. Right, yeah. 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 When there was like a cure and stuff, it's crazy. Uh, And it worked for Calvin Coolidge whose philosophy life and presidency had much to teach us today but those addicted to government need to go to rehab to break their reliance on washington (laughs) okay so i have something to say about this this so i have something to say about this my father would absolutely hate that i'm on food stamps nothing could make him more this is your father talking no this is a he sent this to me from a guy okay that he because he reads too and he's you know uh he used to be a newspaper man he used to work at the uh in San Francisco at the Chronicle Examiner it used to be called the newspaper agency was the computers that ran both newspapers and my dad worked for them for a Mm -hmm. long time anyways uh, so I'm on food stamps and this would make him so upset but the way I figure my food stamps I call it a government stipend because my art and work is not monetarily it's not monetized I work a lot I work more than 40 hours a week and yet I am not monetarily compensated for the art and the work that I value that right now society isn't valuing. Yeah. But the government is valuing enough to give me money so I can eat. Thank you, government, because it's not a matter... So that this is what makes me crazy is so they can break their reliance and improve their lives. Well, you know what? If my life is improved by creating art and this system that we live in does not monetize the gifts that I am giving to the community and they don't see this place as a value, this is not my fault. I'm not going to stop giving. I'm just going to... I'm just going to say, hey, thanks for keeping me alive. It's like they're supporting me a little bit and saying, hey, we appreciate your art. We're going to let you Yeah, eat. they're subsidizing you. They're subsidizing me in some yeah. way, just like they do with the farmers. So thank you for subsidizing my art, government, because no one else is subsidizing well, it. I mean, I'm not asking my parents to subsidize it. I mean, you pay taxes, so yeah, why not? Well, and that's the thing is I, I, I do. I pay taxes with sales tax, but this year, even with the money that I make when I claim my taxes, I don't make enough money to even pay taxes. Mm-hmm. I'm but, just subsisting. But you still, I mean, anyone that purchases purchases anything you're right. still, paying, I'm still tax. paying taxes you're still paying taxes but my in, my income is so low that my tax bracket doesn't even exist, exist. Right. so when i like claim my twelve thousand dollars at the end of this year it's like i'm way under poverty but it's not for a matter of not working and not working hard true it's just that art is no it's it's a thing we do in america we go hey art's important be a dancer learn music go to school now you're 18 be a doctor be a lawyer make money make an app and i'm like you trained me classically as a pianist and a ballerina and and in the well that was just arts. so you'd be a, a good marriage material right exactly so i can fucking tap dance like i don't get it well so that's the thing is that I, and i'm a they trained me to be a lovely dependent i guess yeah. but that's the problem is why don't we why do you why do we tell children to do all these things with their lives and then they turn 18 and we're like oh that stuff you really enjoy that drawing that what well you make money off it it's like how do you anyway 
yeah and it's gone in in different cycles it's like the the rhetoric changes with each era so now i mean it's it's totally focused on money good or bad it's all money money yeah because yeah it's at the roots of our current system you're not a person unless you're rich that's basically what we're getting yeah i mean i I think it goes beyond i think that we're going into a class war that goes beyond race that says rich has value poor has no value and even if you're working or an artist or whatever you're not you don't have value unless you have money and that sucks and the thing is there's going to be even more poor people because the fact of the matter that a lot of jobs are being outsourced and what have you mm-hmm. or or here's another example you are college educated you either get laid off or you become a teacher either yeah, one of the right. two you which is poverty poverty yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going, and then because you have to pay, you know, your at your tuition or your loans back. So, but I mean, teachers only start at like thirty six thousand so, now, exactly. anyways. So and it's it's poverty. insane, right? Well, it's 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 seventeen dollars and thirty six cents an hour is yeah. what a full time teacher makes. And, and that doesn't cover all the the supplies and the time no, they have to spend. And, <laughs> and and the and the insurance is free, but it's not free. Like you still have to pay into your insurance. So it's like. We're paying teachers $17.36 an hour and they have 37 kids in their classroom and we're like, we should be thanking them that they're not doing mass shootings. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no like, got a point. Like, got a point. Yeah. Uh, in Robert Sob- Sobel's biography, Coolidge and American Enigma, these uh, quotes from the 30th president are highlighted. Quote, I am convinced that the larger incomes of the country would actually yield more revenue to the government if the basis of taxation were scientifically revised downward. That doesn't make sense. So what does he mean by downward? He means the people on the bottom pay more taxes than the people at the top. Because but they love this trickle down economics theory that if you have more money and you pay less taxes and you put more money into your businesses and you put more money into and you put more money into yourself and you spend more and become a better consumer because you're consuming more products and you're creating more jobs by consuming more products. Yeah. So trickle down economics though we learned from Reagan doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. You can't. But then they say oh well if you give a tax cut to the poor people and you give them a hundred bucks then they're going to go all go out and be good consumers and they're going to consume that hundred dollars and that's a boon for the economy and it's like no here's the thing i never understood when you're on unemployment they take taxes out why not just give you the money that you why not take out the taxes ahead of time and just give you a check why do they give you a check for unemployment and then you make you claim at the end of the year the taxes and make you pay them back why not just give you the amount that's it's true. already coming from the government they give you the money and then they take the taxes back from it just take it out at the beginning it's unemployment it's like a trick so then when you forget at the end of the year because then you got a job then they go oh well, you didn't go. pay back those taxes from that mm-hmm. blah 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 and you're like what what yeah so it's a scam it's a scam <laughs> it's a scam pal uh that was reagan's belief long before the supplied side economics required its name then there is a coolidgeism i want the people of America to be able to work less for the government and more for themselves. I want them to have the rewards of their own industry. That is the chief meaning of freedom. But the Ooh, people are like a, the government. Right? Until, <laughs> until we can reestablish a condition under which the earnings of the people can be kept by the people, we are bound to suffer a very distinct curtailment of our liberty. Okay, this motherfucker doesn't make any sense. Well, no, he but that's it. That's where the split is beginning between people and government. Right. This is the ideological origin of it. It's Coolidge. Yeah. He also had a great quote that we always used in graduate school, which was "Every word weighs a ton." And so we do. I'd always bring that out when I was have, dealing with beginning writers and be like, "Omit." needless words uh every word weighs a ton if it doesn't add to what you're trying to convey cut it um 
So I do like some of Calvin Coolidge, but I don't like all this stuff. I don't like this. What, when, when was he? The 20s? He was the 30th president. So, so that he would was be World War No, no, no. No, that would be... Uh, After World War II? World War One, I, I believe. Okay. I think it's World War One. 30th president. Uh, about public debt, which just passed $20 trillion and would have appalled him. Oh, this again. And I agree with that too. <laughs> but you know that... You know that... But do you know that um, Clinton made us not have a deficit and then we have one again? I don't know how he fixed it, but then we have... We're, tw- we're $20 the trillion deficit in debt. has no meaning. It's yeah, an it's, abstract yeah. number based on economics, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's 1920s. I'm sorry. Oh, 20s. Public debt is a burden on all the people, Coolidge left the office with a surplus. By the way, I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, please, He's please. the one that started the Great Depression. Oh. He's 1923 to 1929. Mm. Oh, well, that's no... Oh, well, yeah. I know, look, you... Mr. History didn't bring that in now, oh. did he? Oh. Oh. Right after Reagan, we were in a huge recession. Yes. A huge recession, that's what happens. Oh, oh you, give, wow. you give rich... You, give, <laughs> you just figured it out. Give God, rich people yeah. all the money. I just like, wait, wait a minute, I'm looking at the Dates. I'm like 1923 to 1929. I'm like, this motherfucker created the, the, the yeah. and, and then, and then, well, and every recession has been followed by a big war to make money. So, like, the recession so of that the 80s makes was sense. followed by yeah. the first Gulf Because war. linguistically, when people are really concerned about high, fine, proper language, it's usually when they're nouveau riche. Right. And that, so, it's the roaring 20s when the stock market is allowed to do whatever Everyone it wants with yeah. no regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Da-da-da-da, no regulation. That's to no the Charleston. Yes. <laughs> and then five years later, you're in a bread line. Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, I know. We, we his, figured it out. His economics are fucking flawed. Yeah. So, and it's funny because this guy's like, I'm a history person, and he just failed to talk about the yeah. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer has brought the familiar liberal playbook, demonizing the rich and claiming they will benefit most from any tax cut. That's true. People who have acquired their wealth honestly through hard work and wise decisions uh, should ones? be role models <laughs> not demonized as if they have stolen from others. You did steal. That was yeah, the whole thing. Oh because well, the only way to make money... I've got nothing wrong with richness as long as you share. Well, know? and as long as it's not built on the backs of... Like, so when people get yeah. rich because they move all their manufacturing to Bangladesh and they pay people less than a dollar a day exactly. and they're in right. enslavement, someone else yeah. is... The only way to truly make money is off the backs of free labor. And so the best thing to do is have free labor. Wives, black people, like just historically and now people in India are back and it's not free but you know they're cutting right oh this place will make our pants for 57 cents and they'll pay their kids you know what it's yeah money is being made off the back rich people oh it was brought by honest means fuck you it's on the back of someone else Uh born on third base Um, (laughs) (laughs) President Trump should start reading the indecipherable tax code allowed at public events and say this is what your congress has done to you he should bring people on stage to tell their stories of how high taxes have harmed even ruined their businesses <laughs> these should include people who have lost family farms handed down handed down through generations oh, because of the estate or death tax which forced them to sell the land in order to pay the government oh yes the giant corporate agribusiness yeah. that you can see from space that's definitely the family farm <laughs> well and okay and so so here's the Here's the new fail. Here's the new failure. This is the thing that makes me crazy. Is in in California we've legalized marijuana in 2018 and that's great. But now they're going to take all the money that they were using to um, legislate 
and mess with us and put us in jail and all that money that they were going to make by criminalizing it. Now they're starting to do land reforms and stuff. So there are people up in Humboldt County that have had farms for 25 years. And now all of a sudden they're saying, your farm isn't zoned properly and you can't grow weed here legally. Yeah. So someone's had a farm for 25 years and now they're saying, well, you can move your farm to one of these, but you can buy this land over here, which is in the regulated section. And it's like, well, wait, we've been farming here for 25 years. We're going to pick up our entire business, sell it. Now you're basically making our land worthless, making us buy more land that's expensive and then reset up our farm. All that's going to do is knock the farmers out so then they can just redistribute it anyways and give it to all the Marlboro and all this stuff. It's a ploy. It's like, I don't know. I just see like, anyways. Yeah, it's a lucrative industry. It's a lucrative industry and the rich people want to get their hands on it ASAP. Uh-huh. And so they're already starting by like changing the districting of where you are and what, what land is for what yeah, use. gerrymandering. All that yeah. stuff. Zoning. It's crazy. Yeah. So we know, I'm just telling my dad this is ridiculous. Uh, public testimonies, blah, 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 blah. The government, Washington always assumes we aren't sending it enough of the money we earn. President Trump should say we are going to start telling Washington how much our money we of them, how much of our but money. But they're talking about Washington as if it's not them. I know. Right? <laughs> what is Washington? Is it like this cartoon out in the distance? And we just right. point. It's like Oz. <laughs> right? Right, right. Well, and it seems like I would love to. OK, so, you know, when you pay your income tax at the end of the year, you actually don't have to pay it because you can say. Or you can say, I don't want any of my money going toward the, the war machine. Like, uh, income taxes are actually unconstitutional. <laughs> so we shouldn't, I mean, I just have a problem with money going to the war machine. You want to make more money? Just, they keep pumping it into the war machine. Yeah, it's like, and it's so blind, you know, they just, God. Basically what they're saying though is cut taxes, but what are we going to do about education? Who's going to fund education? So we just saying education isn't important anymore. Let's just make yeah. everybody not know how to read. All they have to do is read texts and apps and get dings and know what to buy. We want to make our people dumb again. We want to make. Yeah. But they, they think that's what defines us as a people is being warriors and i i respect the warrior tradition to a point but a warrior is not self-indulgent so you got to be wise about money and everything else and you don't fight war stupidly you know that goes back to sun tzu so right. well it, we're, we're we're waging war just stupidly at this point yeah, yeah. is the the uh, tax reform that the administration's floating out um, well, of course, they were trying to cut taxes for the rich or what have you. All those, all that's going to just go to the mi- military anyway. Right. You know, hence why they wanted education. to. Yeah, it's not going to education yeah. or health care. Hence why health, they wanted healthcare, to. Health care, that would be great. Yeah, yeah hence why healthcare. they wanted to yeah. repeal. And, and so only the military care. going in, not coming out. <laughs> yeah. here's, here's what it comes down to, though, is that these rich people, there are people that are making they want to if you make over two million dollars a year you should be heavily taxed you fucking entitled piece of shit how much do you need how important are you how entitled are you oh my children such special snowflakes they need to learn how to ice skate and gymnastics and ski fuck you you don't need more than two million a year i live on like less than twelve hundred dollars a month and i feel like a rich person and i feel happy and like all of my needs are met and people because richness is more than just money right yeah exactly yeah but no what would you do okay here's the thing if you asked i was gonna say we're gonna all do this and then we'll go to drug news by the way you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on mutiny radio i'm pam benjamin (laughs) this is latoya the sheriff of truth we have david stolowitz on board (laughs) fixing all of america's problems here today (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh <laughs> it's on. Hey, it's, it's a little past high noon, and we're we're doing just fine. Uh, did I? I had an I had an answer. What was my answer? Oh, I know what I would do. So it's two million. You suddenly have two million dollars. No, you're not even two million. Just one million. What are you gonna do with it? 
Do you want to know my plan first? Because I'm pretty, I just saw it last night. I figured it out. Okay. Okay. The bakery on 19th and Mission just closed. The one next to El Cancun. It's a bakery that used to be donuts and stuff. Well, that's a storefront on 19th. And it is far enough away from a school that I could move Mutiny Radio to there, have a kitchen in the back, and make pot food legally. I sell it legal, legal. We have a pot bakery. (laughs) If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I would buy that place immediately. I would ramp it up. I would move this from here to there. And I would... I would make real money and we would have a radio station during the day and we would sell pot treats. We should we do some have... grant writing, Pam. <laughs> well, we can't do it here. We can't do anything here because we're too close to schools. So we, you have to be 100 feet from any schools. But this thing just up on the corner here, 19th and Mission, no one, I make the best pot treats in the world. I could make pot fudge. I can make pot donuts. I can make pot cakes. I can make pot wedding cakes. I can, you can, I can do things. I can do chocolates. We can send them in the mail. I can employ people. We can have people that are, I can have my shipping person and I can have my I can I can employ chefs and bakers and comedians right and it's still a little cafe so that we can have a stage and we can have live performances and people can come in and pick up their delicious fresh made treats and you can buy the pre-made like I make the best cookie dough so you buy it in little pints and you take it home and you cook it at your damn leisure you make your own fresh cookies (laughs) or sit down enjoy a comedian we'll make a cookie right now right here for you fresh boom put it in the oven so that's what I would do with a million dollars that's actually a good idea I hope no one out there steals it. Well, it's, it's, great. No, but it's good to know what you want. But the thing is, someone else could try it, but I make the best pot food in San Francisco. I know this. People have told me this. It so it's just about like bringing it to the... But I have no idea how you... The beauty of that would be the packaging wouldn't be as big an issue because the majority of it would be fresh sold out the door. And then the ones... Then they would be packaged. And they could be packaged and distributed also to dispensaries. But wouldn't it be fun to just be a dispensary but that only dispenses pot food? So that's what I would do. All right. <laughs> hey, I gotta go move my car. I'm up okay, to my two-hour Okay, go move your car. Go move your car. Ah, David Stolens is moving his car. Think about what you're gonna do with your million dollars. What would you do with your million dollars? <laughs> Buy some stock in Apple or Google. <laughs> so smart. Such yeah, a, no realism. And because I'm just like shit. Like million dollars ain't shit nowadays. It's true. You know, and that and that's the scary part. Cause our a million dollars to me is like that used to be a lot of money, but in the reality of things of how we are in the world today and how expensive it is that's i would have to make more money you know, you know what actually another good idea would be to to buy a house in san francisco and then not live in it rent it out it would be to, to buy a house and then rent it and then live where you live in a smaller place while you just off the money of the house that's a good idea too I, then you wouldn't even have to work at all because the house you just put the money in the house and then the house does all the work for you but my, the thing about that with me is like i, I would be tied down like, but no, you wouldn't be tied down because you'd own the house, but you'd be renting it all the time. So you wouldn't, you, you could actually never have a house and just travel the world. Because you go to Costa Rica. Because if you bought a house for a million dollars and then you're renting it for, I mean, in San Francisco, they're renting studios now for 3000 So you can yeah. rent, you could, I mean, even a three bedroom that's an apartment down on the, the Vita things. They're $7,000 a month. I know, and people are paying these. 7000 Yeah, one of my friends, she rented her house out for a year and she had them pay $8,000 a month. I know. Whoa. I know. So that's the oh. thing. See, so right? So if you bought a house Jesus. and then you rented it for like 7000 a month, you could just travel the world. God. And damn. never have a place to live. I, you know, the thing is like, I would feel a little bit guilty about charging that 
much to so, I that's mean the, that's the, what the market is providing market, right yeah, now yeah that's the reality but the, that's the thing it's just like you could be kind and just charge someone four thousand and you could still live like a queen this is true too <laughs> but I mean yeah I, I feel guilty now because um, my my boyfriend he owns the house so, ah. yeah and he bought it in 2009 um, and we rent uh, downstairs out yeah but at first he was going to rent it you know dr- uh, raise the rent to like near 3,000 I'm like I'm like that's that's no, going right. It. It's going right. She only pays eighteen hundred. But that's. I mean, that's. She's getting a steal. But that's She's, great. Yeah. yeah. And everything is remodeled and what yeah. have you. It's just. I guess. I'm so used to the fact of like you know rent being, you know. When when I was in college, possible. I paid two hundred and seventy three dollars a month for my my room in a house. Uh, I shared a bathroom with two other people. We had a big kitchen. But it was two hundred and seventy-three dollars a month, and that was wow. in I don't know ninety ninety-five, ninety-six. Yeah. Oh gosh. I know. Remember? And I was like, I don't know if I can survive. And my parents, <laughs> my parents would give me four hundred dollars a month um, for rent and for food, and I like in the first week I'd spend it all on booze, you know. <laughs> so I'd be, I'd pay my rent, and I'd be like. I have $107 and I'd spend it on booze usually instead of food and then I'd figure out ways to eat so I'd like, go over to my friend's houses and be like I'll cook for you if you let me eat for free <laughs> so I'd cook their food and eat their food because I was like my money is gone I spend it on booze and drugs <laughs> <laughs> my, my rent I had a uh, I lived there for 8 years the first place I lived three bedroom hardwood floors fireplace island kitchen oh. I loved I loved this apartment and it was three of us and our rent um for the whole place was nine hundred dollars wow so split that three ways that was three hundred and something dollars plus utilities and that was in 2002 oh wasn't that well 15 years ago yeah yeah and now the place uh, when i moved out one of the reasons why we left because we were paying i lived there from 2002 to 2010 um, our rent ran up to 1100 oh. I said, fuck Oh, you that. said, I can't do it. That's so funny. Yeah, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to get a house. And we ended up getting a house. Uh, my friend and I, who lived um, on the bottom floor of the apartment, him and I, we were all friends. So him and I ended up getting a house together. And it was a dope house for 1600 yeah. So we paid, what, 1600 divided by two? 800 Yeah. We, and it was upstairs, downstairs. Uh, we had a grill outside, a peach tree. It was great. Oh, why'd you leave that one? Um, the people that owned it were getting a divorce. Oh, they sold the house. Yeah, and plus no, I was moving here. <laughs> uh, hey, you guys, it's one o'clock. You're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. We're going to get to the gnarl drug news. Gnarl, the gnarl minute and the, drug, and the drug policy alliance news. Uh, hey, donate to them at drugpolicyalliance.org. Exciting news. Uh... Uh, sister, sister friend, I don't, you know, uh, Melissa Moore is now the uh, deputy director of, or was she? She's a, she just got moved to D.C. with um, she's the head of Drug Policy Alliance in, in oh, D.C. Wow. now in District Columbia. Congrats! Man. I know it's big. It's big. That's it's cool. cool. So she's gonna be working, I guess, in both the. Well, sometimes the New York office, but she's going to be like flying down to D.C. for the week and then living on the weekends back at her, keeping her place in New Jersey. I'm excited for it. It's great. Uh, But Drug Policy Alliance, they're amazing. Donate to them on drugpolicyalliance.org. We're going to see their news today. Let's see what they have to say about 
They say, meet DPA's new executive director, Maria McFarnold Sanchez Moreno. And uh, it would be great to, uh, hopefully they say something about Melissa Moore at some point. Um, it's time for a new approach. I'm, I'm trying to find where they're, they've changed their website and now it is not as it's all over the easy. Place. <laughs> yeah, it's not as easy to figure out what's going on. I want their, I can't, news, I can't do news. it. I want your news, press resources. I can't. I don't like the way you changed it, you guys. I don't like it. It's I'm too lost. hard. I'm lost. I am. I'm seriously lost because it's. I can't find their. I can't find their news, their new stuff or their blog, which is hard for me to figure out what's going on. Is Dang it, it! Should, should it? Is it the red? Huh. It's just. Oh, here we go. Nope. That's drug war statistics. I'm sorry, you guys, listening here to the Alta Cast. I will. Um, I, we just can't do a minute today because I can't figure out can't what to read. <laughs> um, later, here we go. Here's latest news. Oh, goodness. That was so hard. <laughs> Whoever fixed it, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's hard to read. Um, they have an Atlantic City thing that doesn't... Meow, meow, meow. We don't really care about that much about Atlantic City. Um, oh, this is interesting. Unjust and unconstitutional 60,000 Jim Crow... Uh-oh. Marijuana arrest in Mayor de Blasio's New York. Uh oh. A new report by the Marijuana Arrest Research Project commissioned by the Drug Policy Alliance shows that marijuana possession arrests under Mayor de Blasio continue to be marked by extremely high racial disparities, as was the case under Bloomberg and Giuliani administrations. The report, Unjust and Unconstitutional 60,000 Jim Crow Marijuana Arrests in Mayor de Blasio's New York, shows that despite a change in mayoral administration and police commissioners, the NYPD continues to make large numbers of unjust and racially targeted marijuana arrests. The report is based on data from the New York State Division of Criminal Justice Services. Oh, that's sad. Um, so 86% of arrests are blacks and Latinos. That's 52,730. 14% of those 60,000 arrests were whites and all others at 8,260. So New York city population is 51% blacks and Latinos and 49% whites and all others. So you can see the disparity when it's 50, 50 of the demographic of the people. And yet marijuana arrests are 86% in favor of blacks and Latinos. Well, that looks, that looks kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of telling right there. (laughs) Marijuana use by whites, blacks and Latinos. Actually, uh, marijuana use by whites is marginally higher, uh, as much as 10% than uh, black and Latino people, and yet... Who gets um, arrested? Who gets arrested? That's so funny. So um, from 2002 to 2010, 58% of whites said, yeah, we use marijuana from the ages of 18 to 25. Only... Uh, 46% of black people and only 42% of Hispanic, uh, Latinos, Latinx. And then from 2011 to 2015, saying they've used marijuana in their life, it was 56% white, 50% black, and a little less, like 47% Latino. So, wow, this, the disparity is, and I've used marijuana in the past year would be, uh, there's like a 10% differential between whites and Latinos and a 5% differential between whites and blacks. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, wow. And then they show this really great graph where it's like, okay, so they changed the mayors, but not the numbers of arrests. So we have in 1987, when it was Mayor Koch, there, uh, 
were 79% uh, black and Latino, uh, 78% in 91 with Mayor Dinkins, 85% with Mayor Giuliani, 85% with Mayor Giuliani, as opposed to 15%. 85% black, 15% whites and others. 89% in 2006, blacks and Latinos, 11% whites. That's Bloomberg, right? That's Bloomberg. Here's another Bloomberg in 2011, 84%. Black, 16% white. And then again, Mayor de Blasio in 2016, 85% black and Latino, 15% white. So it hasn't changed at all. The numbers of arrests have changed. So in 87, there were 2,859. In 91, there were 777. And then it makes, and then 9,000. Then it makes a huge jump in 2001 to 41,588 arrests. That's when uh, Giuliani started the Stop and Frisk program. So... Yeah, that makes sense. And in 2011, when Stop and Frisk was really going under Bloomberg, 51,051 arrests in New York City for marijuana. What? What are we? What is going? It's so crazy to me that people are like, marijuana means bad people. People with marijuana are bad people if they're black. (laughs) (laughs) If they're... Like uh, what Jeff, Jeff Sessions says, I like the KKK. Until they said they'd smoke smoke marijuana. marijuana. They're bad people. They're bad people. Uh, (laughs) Unjust and unconstitutional. The NYPD's 30 years of Jim Crow enforcement. Let's read this real quick. As as a candidate for mayor in 2013, Bill de Blasio said, low-level marijuana possession arrests have disastrous consequences for individuals and their families. These arrests limit one's ability to qualify for student and financial aid and undermine one's ability to find stable housing and good jobs. What's more, recent studies demonstrate clear racial bias in arrests for low-level possession. This policy is unjust and wrong. Yet, in the first three years of the de Blasio administration, the NYPD made over 60,000 criminal arrests for the lowest level marijuana possession offense, an average of 20,000 marijuana arrests a year. This is down substantially from the heights of marijuana arrest crusade under Mayors Bloomberg and Giuliani, but this is still a great and many unjust, a great many unjust arrests for marijuana possession. As I smoke some marijuana. (laughs) For 12 years... It's vaping. It doesn't count. It's vaping. We're vaping. We're vaping. For 12 years under Mayor Michael Bloomberg, the NYPD averaged 40,000 of these marijuana possession arrests per year. There was more arrests for possession of marijuana than the entire state of California averaged during uh, per year during the 1990s. Wow, the entire 90s. They arrested more in a year than in the entire 90s in Damn. California. And California has 40 million people, five times the population of New York City, which remains the marijuana arrest capital of the world. The NYPD under de Blasio has taken two years at an average of 20,000 marijuana arrests per year to make the 40,000 unjust marijuana arrests it averaged in one year under Bloomberg. We suggest this be regarded as slower injustice, but slower injustice is still injustice delivered. Most importantly, the NYPD's marijuana arrests under de Blasio have the same overwhelming racial disparities as under Bloomberg. About 86% of the arrests and jailings for marijuana possession are still, to this day, of blacks and Latinos. This is the case even as many years of U.S. government studies have shown that whites of all ages use marijuana at about the same rates as black and Latinos, and young whites age 18 to 25 use marijuana at slightly higher rates than young blacks and Latinos. 
Most people, the NYPD arrests for marijuana possession are young. As in the previous years in 2016 and in the first four months of 2017, 81% of people arrested for marijuana were ages 16 to 34, 58 were 16 to 25, and 27% were ages 16 to 20. The young people arrested for marijuana possession are ordinarily high school and college students and young workers, the latter sometimes building families. They are not career criminals. In 2016, 37% of the people arrested for marijuana possession had never been arrested before for anything, and 76% have never been convicted of a single misdemeanor. Well, there we go. Well, and it makes me think about, um, they brought this to light on one of my favorite shows. I don't know if you watch A Little Orange is the New Black. Uh, So they, in the season previous, uh, Pousset died, and she was murdered by a guard who was just inept. And then when you actually get to learn her backstory as to why she's in jail, it was for a low level. She was just visiting New York. On, she was a track person and they were running a meet and she went into New York and she had this great night where she met these fake monks on bikes and she drove around and she smoked a spliff with one of them and then she still had it on her and she gets arrested and they end up throwing her in jail and that's why she's in in jail in the first place and then she gets killed in jail accidentally but it was by through ineptness and, a, and, right, and all this stuff happens but it all started because she wasn't a criminal and she was in jail and, it, and yes this is a fictional story Yes, this is a show on Netflix. But it makes but, you think. But it makes you think. It, they basically took the model from what's been happening in New York City over time. And we're incarcerating people of color. And it can ruin the rest of their lives. Yeah, for yes. a low level. For marijuana. Nonviolent. You know. It's insane. It's, yeah. Smoking the dubs. It's, uh, it's this crazy is, This is one of the reasons why I do. I am happy that I live in California. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. You know, I just, I mean, and by the way, New York is a blue state. So just imagine like if you're in a red state. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they did the whole, they, they love the gays. That's good. Thank God for New York. But I thought, and also too, that's with um, New York being, I believe, medicinal as well. Right. And they are medicinal, but they only have like 17 dispensaries in the entire state. So they legalized it for medicinal use, but then the access to it is just woefully and this underrepresented it's just know. like but they're still arresting folks sure of course they're gotta have gotta have show me all show us your papers show us your papers <laughs> i am legal to smoke i promise show us your paper i'm, t- I'm sorry i'm, I'm uh, that, that's a reference to, to judaism in, in the ghettos <laughs> i was trying to be german and uh, too, too soon too soon uh, so that was the uh that was the drug policy alliance minute Yay, Drug Policy Alliance. Yay, sad. Yay. Uh, now we'll move on to NARL, which is www.prochoiceamerica.org. You can donate to them as well. They have a little donate button at the side of every page. You can also go to mutinyradio.fm. You can donate to us. Heck yeah. Just press that little button. Give us money so we can talk about socialist things. Please. So that we can discount weird crap my dad sends me that makes no sense. <laughs> As a history of student or math, I'm not going to actually talk about history at all. I'm just going to... Dude, see, this is why it's so funny to know your American history. Yeah. You you put two and two together. I'm like, this motherfucker's talking about Coolidge, the one that started the Great Depression. Yeah. Do you guys enjoy uh, pop histories like uh, Noam Chomsky or, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, what was that other guy? Howard Zinn? Absolutely. We have yeah. Howard Zinn up here, the complete history of America and... And all the rest. Uh, I bet who can read? 
reads? Who reads? Who knows how to read? Uh, here we go. Uh, Anti-choice GOP. This is, they're obsessed. Anti-choice GOP reveals its true priorities with abortion van boat. The extreme anti-choice GOP continue their obsession with rolling back reproductive freedom. Again, why is why are they inside my uterus? Why does it matter what I'm choosing? Just like you don't want me to drive a car, you don't want me to have a baby. <laughs> Seriously, it is unsafe for me to be on the road. I know it's an American rat. Why don't you have a car and a license like every other American? Because it's unsafe. Because I drink a lot. What? But you should have a baby. Why don't you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I have an IUD because I'm a responsible adult. I put it in there because no baby zone. Bad news. Too irresponsible. Still going to drink on Tuesday night. Uh, by the way, I am hosting Brainwash tonight oh, from nice. 6.30 to 9. So free booze, free booze. And if I had a baby, I'd be like, what am I to bring the baby to Brainwash? Fuck that. There crying. are people that do that. I don't understand why the government thinks that they can talk about what I choose to do with my body. That makes me crazy. <laughs> if, if, if we can legislate what happens inside my body, then I feel like we should have forced vasectomies uh, when boys become, uh, when their dick gets hard when they're like 13 or something. It's like, look, you had your first wet dream. Now you get to have a reversible vasectomy. And we take them into a room and they get snipped until they are in a committed relationship and they go, hey, you know what? I really feel like I want to be a dad now. And maybe that never happens. And I go, yay! <laughs> but why do we put all the onus on women to have reproductive birth control and care and everything when it could be so easy to just government mandate? If you're going to government, government wants to be inside my uterus, then let me get inside your ball sack. I agree. Right? I can Get right inside the ball sack. Right snippy, snippy. <laughs> It was crazy to me. It's because it's women aren't you know important or you know real people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's unfathomable that two days after the worst mass shooting in modern American history, with Americans clamoring for action to make our families safe, and millions of Americans in Puerto Rico living without electricity or safe drinking water, the GOP-led Congress would instead choose to prioritize this abortion ban that will place women at grave risk. Their complete disregard to govern in any way that matches the priorities of the American people is staggering. Abortion after 20 weeks of pregnancy is rare and in almost always medically complicated. There is no place in these conversations for politicians pursuing an ideological agenda with no knowledge of medical specifics of each case. Women making these difficult decisions need medical professionals, not tone-deaf legislation. Given the complete failure of the GOP to deliver on their promise to rob um, health care for millions of Americans, this bill is designed to entirely mollify an agitated base and avoid Donald Trump's ire and lack of legislative action under Republican leadership. It's unsurprising that the anti-choice GOP would make women foot the bill. There's a, something that's, I was reading this on my way here. So this um, fuckface uh, represented Tim Murphy from um, uh, Pennsylvania. He um, had a mistress and he's one of these anti-choice. Um, he voted. Uh, I'm so glad that he's legislating the morality of my uterus when he's fucking someone else. That's so great. Oh, oh it gets better. That, okay, keep going. It's it gets, great. It gets that's better. Great. So Moki voted, voted for legislation that would ban uh, abortion after 20 weeks um, when he, he, in fact, has a history of supporting anti-abortion legislation. Well, the mistress that he was having uh, an affair with... Um, 
made it public last month when her husband filed for divorce. He, um, Murphy, the representative fuckface, fuck um, he urged her, she got pregnant, and oh. he urged her to have an abortion. Oh. <laughs> Vindication! <laughs> Hypocrisy! <laughs> ah! Cognitive dissonance! Cognitive dissonance! I can't! I can't do it! Yeah. Cognitive dissonance! I can't do it! He's like, I'm inside your uterus all the time. Whether you want it or not. Like, that's crazy. He has a mistress. Mm -hmm. She gets pregnant. He asks her to have Uh, an an abortion. abortion. Wow. (laughs) Well, we have Narl's statement on Representative Tim Murphy's hypocrisy. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. In response to news reports about Congressman Tim Murphy, Narl Pro-Choice America's Senior Vice President for Campaigns and Strategy, Sasha Bruce, issued the following statement. I wish it were shocking to learn that yet another Republican congressman tried to cover up an affair by invoking the same abortion rights he tries to deny to others. Literally hours after this story broke, Congressman Murphy demonstrated the height of hypocrisy by voting to ban abortion for women across the nation after 20 weeks of pregnancy. You shouldn't have to be a member of Congress just to access your right to an abortion. With his personal and public actions, Congressman Murphy has shown that he seeks to control women in every facet of his life, be it to cover up an affair or to deny all Americans the legal right to abortion. To Congressman Murphy and the Republican Party, women's rights are nothing more than an inconvenience to be dispensed with. That's some bullshit. It's this is I mean I'm sure he's very family values too. Oh yeah. You know he is. I'm sure he's yeah. super family values. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he has a wife and three kids and goes to church every week. Oh and totally. He's a, probably an elder in his church and talks to everybody about how much he loves his wife and his kids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lo- I'm sure he loves it. You know, and it's so funny to me because sex is this weird thing that we all get freaked out about. This guy loves fucking girls, great, but he probably doesn't like gay dudes having a good time either, no, you know or women, is. and it, it, it boggles uh, he my mind. doesn't like condoms either, but obviously. <laughs> why, is, why is sexuality and morality something that is jammed together and then something that Puritans. we're letting the government legislate? It's insane to me. Puritans. They have no problem with sending guys over to Afghanistan and Iraq and having them get blown up and come back with one foot and PTSD, and they have no problem. Have babies. Send them over there, fight those. I, but they really, they're morally legislating. So killing people in a war, well, it's, you know, it's, it's okay, it's a war. We're, they know that, they're soldiers, they know they can die. But then we're trying to suppress, suppress sexuality yeah. and, That's and morality. Why is sexuality and morality so entwined? It's biological, I think. It's tied up with tribal instincts. It goes back to mammals. Because it's like... I've had a baby, I need, but you protect your own baby. Like women used to have sex with lots of people and maybe in the tribe you didn't even know who the dad was, right? Sometimes, I mean, it varied a lot, but whatever the tribe decided on, they enforced with violence. Ah, so if they decided that polyamory was cool, if you didn't do polyamory, they'd stone you? Is that how it works? Yeah, well, I mean, look today how people get so passionate about sports teams to the point where they're willing to fight over that. Oh, this is an excellent correlation. Yeah, so those are are tribal totems. And, you know, it it might be just a symbol to us, and we think, oh, they're just playing a game with a ball. What's the big deal? But no, that's their whole childhood. That's all the time they spent with dad. That's their hometown. You know, all that emotion is tied up in it. And, uh, you know, I think sexuality, it's still, like, it's controversial to these people. They, they don't feel as liberal about it because 
they fear it, I think. Yeah. Huh. And to me, that's scarier. That is so scary. Well, that's when you, like, start... Do fucking it. other people are beating your wife because you want to repress you're, it, you repress it for so long yeah. that you're yeah. like now nah, I'm going to put you in now I'm like now it's Gerald's game now I'm going to put you in handcuffs and I'm going to make think, you feel unsafe because that's the only thing that gets me off because I'm so yeah. buttoned up and well, uh-huh. think, think, okay prime example priest priests yeah, yeah. well yeah. Catholicism does seem to be tied up with sadomasochism yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beating of yourself the self-flagellation of um not like self-flagellation, like with your dick. <laughs> Self, like they, they used to beat themselves to like purify themselves with with their own whips. Yeah. And I mean, I think just like the America here, we're built on you know religion. Mm. You know the Puritans. I. Back to the back to the flagellation thing. They, they, there's this weird, but there's this weird thing about blood. There's this weird thing about blood and purification that's blood in a religion, right? But it's a religious thing, right? There's this blood and this purification. Except yeah. when it comes to women's menstrual cycles, it's gross. It's like, what if that's purifying as well? Why is making yourself bleed okay? Why is drinking the blood of Christ cool? But having a period is like dirty and gross. Get in the red tent. Ah. Yeah. Although that was mixing a lot of different things. Actually. <laughs> It was quite magical. <laughs> I went Catholicism, Christianity, and then I went straight to the Jews, the red tent. But I am, I'm interested in why is, why is like women's menstruation like gross and dirty, yet we talk about blood and purifying, and there's a sexual thing with blood and vampires, and there's a very fetishistic sort of idea with blood. Men think women are gross. I don't know. I, I, I Honestly, I don't know. I, I think it's got to be because it's a symbol of the power, is that we have the power yeah, to create life. Well, well, let me ask as just a guy with a dick who doesn't know very much, um, like, is hygiene a real concern during periods? It can be. Uh-huh. I, some, I mean, I usually take a shower every day during my period, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes okay. I go a day without. It is a self-cleaning mechanism. I mean, it, it, as long as you don't get... The only problem for me, I'll get real graphic. I don't, I don't, I don't shave the pubes, so it is, it is a, it is a bush. Ooh. It is seventy four. It, it, it is, it is nineteen seventy four old time burning bush down there. It is big. We're talking so, about Pam's red tent here on Mutiny Radio. So, so the thing is that if I have my period and it is slightly messy, it'll get caught up in the hair down there, and that's what would give off an unpleasant odor, uh, much like pennies or yeah. semen. Actually, oh. kind of because blood, blood. Blood and semen smell similarly for some reason. I don't know why. Like chlorine or something. It's, yeah, it's weird. Okay, so but so but I'll usually shower. But it isn't like I don't like take a shower head and stick it inside my twat and be like, get all the blood out. Like I don't do that or anything. <laughs> I suppose that would be a good thing to have on the market. Like, is that what is that what douches? I don't know. It's like I feel unfresh because I'm having my period. I'll just douche all that period juice away. It's I don't know how it works. I don't know how douching works. And uh, I think also too, like, you know, you you want to be careful, like how long you keep your tampon in too. Oh, I don't see now. I don't even use tampons. See, I use tampons. Uh, I don't use tampons because they call it being on the rag for a reason, and it's been so many years. I say, get. I don't like putting things in. I think I feel like it's a man-made construct to use more cotton plants. I, I feel like it's. I, I just. It, it's the same thing. I don't use period pads either because I'm like, I don't want to be a user of plastic, right? Same thing if I ever had a baby, I wouldn't use diapers because I don't want to use that much plastic. I'd, I'd go cloth or I'd, 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 fi- I'd hang out with a baby enough to know when it was going to take a shit and I'd just hold it over the fucking toilet is what I'd do. But um, that's because I'm an insane person. But I also, I use 
reusable uh, actual baby baby bibs. They were baby bibs that I stole some federal mail once. Anyways, it didn't, the people in the building didn't pick up their mail for like two weeks, and I was like, what's in this package? So I took the package upstairs, wow. and inside of it were baby bibs, right? Like 12 colored baby bibs. And I was like, what am I going to do with these baby bibs? And so I decided So I decided I would use them as baby bib blood diapers. So I, I used them, I bleed into them, and then I wash them, and then I reuse them again. And my underwear and my jeans hold them up to my twat. They don't move around, you know, it's fine. And I just wash them like a normal person, which I know is not normal. <laughs> but, you know, it, I'm just trying to be the example that I want to see to the rest of the world. Like, I don't want anyone else to subscribe to my means. I don't think that you should start. I don't think that you should continue running a community radio station at a loss every month and doing weird comedy things and self pot treats to your friends for beer to exchange for beer and I, I don't think that you should do all these things I'm just saying I do them I don't think you, I, I don't buy toilet paper it's one of the things I I find I don't buy napkins there's enough paper products made that I can go to Starbucks and take an extra couple napkins and I there I am now I have napkins like I just feel like there's enough paper products made that I don't need to contribute to the paper product problem. <laughs> I can just sort of glean from the paper product excess. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. I know it's weird, and it makes no sense because it's not normal. Have you ever used a paper towel as like kind of like um, a sanitary napkin? Absolutely, they have great they have yeah. great absorbency. Uh, I would take one of the one of the half sheets and fold it into fourths because you really have to have that four ply to make sure and you then you on those you have to check because it'll it'll go through and it depends I mean when I wear my baby blood diapers I wear special underwear that I don't care about they're already way age stained some of them have holes the ones I'm wearing today have a hole that I fixed I darn my panties this is I'm sorry AltaCast we're getting deep like I'm a poor person but like I darn my socks and my panties because what I mean the only thing I could use them for would be to dust my house and I'm like what am I gonna I just keep wearing them till they like literally fall apart I mean that's what you're supposed to do period panties period like, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, nobody you know sees the period. Exactly. You're not supposed to see the granny panties. You're not supposed to see the granny panties. No, no. no I, I, I sometimes panties. go for uh, tissue in the vagina if I run out of um, Wait, tampons. You can make your own tampon. I make my own tampons yeah, and, but that sometimes it's uncomfortable and it gets like sort of near the edge and you're like, oh, what's going on? It feels weird to walk. <laughs> Uh, I know. What do, you use? what do you use? I know. It's but it, here's the thing though. I don't have a problem talking about my periods because I feel that the secrecy and shrouding it in mystery and grossness is the causation of so many of the problems. Okay. Is that yeah. it's the same thing with all the the sexuality. Like when yeah. we keep it when we say like I mean I think that like people since 2002 women have sort of gone to the butt sex team. And so in porn, at least it's been showing kind of a more, but it's still a very, there are men in their fifties who, uh, um, poor JD Buell, I interviewed him, he, he died of colon cancer. And he said the only regret in his life is he wished he would have let someone put something up his butt when he was 50. He waited till he was 56. And then he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And the reason he didn't get anything up his tushy is that he was so wigged out because for so many years they'd said it was so fucking gay. Yeah. And, and he was so, and so this entire generation of baby boomer men and, and guys <coughs> haven't had safety with their 
buttholes. buttholes because they're so because we've put so much stigma on it and 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 so hey guys out there listen to jd buell he's he's beyond us but he speaks now if you're 50 go get something up your butt get it done man like don't be afraid oh, was he straight or gay he was straight okay huh and so he was afraid, and he says the only regret of his life is that he didn't get his he didn't get a colonoscopy when he was 50, and he waited till he was 56 till there was a problem. Everybody go get one when you're 50. Hey, even when you're 45, just get it done. Get over it, straight guys. It's not a big deal. Just chill out. I don't know why people have this issue with like you know, especially men with you know the whole butt thing or yeah. what have you. It, it's the same problem with the government saying like, we don't like gay people. Right. We don't like trans people. Or I should say, I should put it first, people who are trans. You know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I'm trying to be... I mean, I don't even want to... When people are trans, I don't even want to acknowledge it. If, if that's a he, he's a he. If he's a he, he's a he. If he's a she, she's a she. If she's a... No, but whatever. Like, I, whatever pronoun people use, I'm going to use the pronoun. And I want to respect or that. They, or they. Or they. But yeah. I don't want to... And I also want to respect it by not, like, calling it out. I don't want to be like... I just want to... You're a person. Cool. <laughs> right? I mean, but... I, so I don't for me I'm trying I mean I understand why like my parents would probably be like <gasps> like they just wouldn't I don't know right what, yeah what to say they probably say drag queen or uh, I know a tranny, tranny which is the like the, yeah. is a slur word now yeah it's a slur god yeah. Jesus I can't catch up with all this shit. It's, it's hard. It's, it's hard it's, to be it's, PC. It's hard. I don't. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even want to try to play this game. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's it's hard to be PC. It's hard to be. Well, PC. it's good that you care and you're you're trying to you know make uh, a nice gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, meet cis, cisgendered white lady over here. <laughs> Look at me making an effort. Woo! I should I should get a medal. <laughs> you get a gold yeah. star. You, I get a gold star. What a show. I'll be like, I'm a trans ally. <laughs> Fuck you. Right? Like, what are you, what I'm going to wear? A, I'm going to make a button. Be like, somebody, somebody thank me for being conscientious of other people's sexual preferences. That's the thing. I don't even think we should worry about it. That's my whole standpoint. Is it doesn't matter what people are doing yeah. in the thing. That doesn't matter. Who cares? What you're gonna make a judgment call because they don't do it missionary style? You boring motherfucker. <laughs> right? Like very boring. Right? Very boring. So vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> and yet and yet there's more cultural dissonance because you've got so much porn. Because you've got so you've got all of this legislation saying like sexuality is bad. You know, don't have abort, don't have sex, it's bad, it's wrong, or whatever. We're inside your body and telling you what to do but at the same time we have all the porn like 11 year old whenever that your 11 year old boy gets his iphone that you gave him you stupid motherfuckers <laughs> why would what is an 11 year old boy who's he gonna text what's he gonna say he's gonna look at all the porn you porn baby all the porn, porn hub. i porn you porn we all scream for i porn he's gonna porn 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 and with no context and all of a sudden they have access to everything with no there's no like 
story, more line. story motto at the end that's like, okay, kids, when you saw that girl get DVD-aid, <laughs> she was on so much heroin that don't do that at home. Or, you know, like, <laughs> girls don't like two dicks in each hole. They really don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> They really, it's not, she no. didn't look, she looked like she was having fun, but she's not, not having fun at all. all. She, she's crying. Yeah, on the inside, but you can't tell because yeah. of the heroin. Oh. It's, <laughs> right. And Put the E on the end of honestly, heroin. sometimes, because I am an avid porn watcher, I believe sometimes watching some of this shit, I, I've seen women crying. Like, oh. like, like it, it's like, it, it's so oh. bad. It's so demeaning. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it can be. It, it, and you're right, there's no storyline. There, there's no. There's, I mean, there's not even like a male mark. I, I'm coming to fix your laundry or something. You know, not even that right. kind of bullshit. You but know. there's no, I mean, remember when, when we were watching when we were kids on TV, there was always a moral at the end, like He-Man, She-Ra, like yeah. all of it. It all had a moral at the end. Like even the Jetsons, you know, like there was fucking like Brady Bunch. The segue is funny. But all of it, <laughs> it was a moral. There's nothing, there's nobody telling you at the end, like, hey kids, this was all fantasy. And what we're trying to get you to learn is. I don't want that in my porn. No, though. of course you don't. But there, there just, there has. I mean, we let people have guns. We let people have access to all the things without well, the knowledge or the social, social service, the, the mental health backup to help them. You know what I mean? You just, this just is, no context. Here's, here's something funny that you kind of mentioned right there um, when you, you mentioned something about guns. Why is it that we're so here in the, in America, we, we're so adaptive to violence. Yeah, we love but when, violence. But, but, but when it comes to any kind of sexual sexuality or sex period, it's, it's, it's sh- or even nudity. Like, right, you can have a rated PG-13 movie where people just get blown up. Yeah. And, and if you show titties, it's an R. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah, you can write songs about slaying people in intimate detail, but don't say, you know... <laughs> So don't say fuck. Yeah, yeah. don't right. say fuck. Like, I penetrated this bitch tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, like, oh my God, that's so bad. You're just talking about penetration. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's how you I came. penetrated this bitch tonight. I mean, it's like, how, do, how, do, how She's are gonna human... come on my switch tonight. Oh. How do you make humans? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I well, mean... we shouldn't be making as many. I say we all, the, the lesson of today's show is that boys, <laughs> is that boys should be, is that as long as the government is already legislating my sexual my sexuality we should just have the government legislate boys sexuality and when they're 11 or 12 or 13 we go in we do the double ligation we just don't cut the vas deferens you see what we can do is we can go into their ball sack and we make two a double ligation one knot and the other knot we can use stuff that degrades over time maybe it's a 10 year thing maybe it's a maybe it's a 10 year it dissolves in your ball sack after 10 years. And when you're 21, now you can drink and have as many children as you want. Now, maybe that's not the best thing. But no, if, it's, if it's a double ligation, it can be easily undone. And it's not going to be forever. And we could actually, like, maybe we could legislate some children and be like, hey... Now that we now that we've eradicated the AIDS thing, you can fuck the bitches all you want. Just we're not gonna have any kids until the dude actually says, "Yeah, I want to support a family. Yeah, I want to be with her forever. Yeah, I want this. I want to hang out with kids. I want to change diapers. I want to be on board to raise this child. I'm a hundred percent in. Unsniff me. What would be the reason to do that other than that purpose? 
Like right now we have people that are just how many the concept of baby mama makes me very sad. Uh, yes, that I means agree. that a guy is like, well, she's just my baby mama. Yeah. You know, I got four baby mamas. Four. Fuck you. Okay, that's you ain't taking yeah. care of any babies. There you go. The mama is, and you just spreading your. You just I'm a man. I have babies everywhere, but you're not taking care of them. You're not that's nurturing them. Them. You're not that's being not a good dad. You're not being a good human being. You're out fucking more bitches. So you're a piece of shit. Well then, have your, then your, be your have your tubes tied. We should. There's an easy way to tie a man's tubes. If you tie a woman's tubes, it's like irreversible, and you just cut them and ah. But you can. We can easily have the technology to do this. I know it's very fascist. But <laughs> is it too fascist for you, David? <laughs> You're the well, man. you know, there's female circumcision too, and those girls don't get a choice. But then it's not circumcision. Yeah. It's not removing the clitoris <laughs> for pleasure. It's, it's, it's not changing. It's not making them not have a hard dick. You're just saying that there's no semen that will come out. You, you, there's still ejaculate. You still ejaculate. There's okay. just no My sperm in it. My dad had Yeah, you still ejaculate. There's just no sperm in it. So if we, and if they're reversible, it's just the one you basically. I just don't like going under the knife. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's you're awake. It's an outpatient procedure. Oh, it's God. a tiny little slit. <laughs> it's a tiny little slit. Hey, but look at the Jews chop off the dick when they're alive and they're babies. We do it all yeah, the time and do the circumcision. But if you just you go in, and if it became the norm, if it became like going to the dentist or it became like getting your wisdom teeth pulled, and it was like, well, when you're 11, you get your wisdom teeth pulled and you get you get your ball sack done, and they do it at the same time because you're already under the knife. It's so easy just zip zip and then but, but then you can jack it you can you can you can have sex with any person you want any woman you're not gonna impregnate anybody I'm gonna keep it simple and I think dudes need to just take a pill okay and that works I too think, I, I mean, pills have side effects you know? well and women but yeah, women have to take pills every day and we've had to do that since the 60s because exactly. that's the only way to do it okay. oh the men yeah. can do it too but no the women they can handle because women are more responsible and they'll do it every day that's the problem is that men yeah. won't okay. take it every day yeah, and they'll go oops true. I forgot now I fucked a bitch now I'm a baby mama oops <laughs> just another thing I don't have to worry about my millennial lifestyle running around and being high all the time with my $150,000 paying $4,000 of rent doing cocaine and fucking bitches in San Francisco. These young kids. You, ah, the you know so, so many, don't you? I know so many millennials. Fucking 26-year-old dickbags being like, I love fucking bitches. That's fine. Fuck all the bitches. Just do it. And they're, but they're like, they're like, no, condoms are dumb. And then you get AIDS. Well, it's not. The thing is, and the, the, I'm, you know, I'm so lucky that I didn't ever get an STD and I've been a, I willy-nilly not used. I've been on the, you know, like, the fuck kind of like I haven't made every guy use condoms when I was oh, yeah. now that I'm in a committed relationship obviously we don't use condoms but when I wasn't I, I went a little willy nilly with the healthcare downstairs and I, I never got any vaginal sicknesses or anything so that's good um, but I mean it crap but guys don't like to wear condoms they don't like it yeah and honestly, sometimes I don't like to wear, have them wear condoms right. either. It doesn't you know, feel, it doesn't, nobody likes it. It's not as fun. Yeah. The female yeah, condom exactly. is dumb and pointless. I hate Have you that ever, bullshit. did you ever do it? They tried it for a minute, the female condom. Look, I'm being, I'm in being in control of my own sexuality by having I, my own condom. <laughs> guys don't want to fuck in a plastic bag or a plastic bag. Yeah, they don't want to have a plastic bag on nor around. <laughs> it, it just, it, it just isn't. 
I tried to do it, the female condom thing, and I, I didn't. I ended up throwing it away. I tried to. I was like, what am I? How am I? How am I doing this? How am I doing this? Like, you put this. It's so weird. Have you seen them before, David? This doesn't affect you because you're like, okay. Uh, but <laughs> you put the. It, it's like a enormous condom, but it has a big ring that's yeah, bendy. Yeah, I've seen those. It, you, so you stick it in, and then you like kind of try to unfurl it and then there's another ring that you have outside your vagina so it's almost like one of those bands that they give kids yeah, that are like weird. you know they were giving them to gay or, guys for a while to try with butt sex and it was really? like what really? why would you want to no. fuck a plastic bag I, it's just no. it's so weird it is that's what it is <laughs> oh, so you put it inside and then it's there and then you can lube it up or whatever but then yeah. you're, you're on the outside yeah it's like having sex with a plastic bag <laughs> which makes look at it but that's the other thing is it's weird because it's outside you <laughs> With this weird ring, like those things you put on your like live strong bracelets, except it's yeah. outside your vagina, and you're like live strong, live strong. But you're worried. It's it's weird, and then it's like they're they're when they bang you, it's like they're banging against this plastic, plastic thing that's bag. like bagging against your. Oh. Like, it is so. It is like you. It's almost like a joke. It's like American Beauty. It's, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm, I'm looking at the, the pictures on. Uh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever this. seen. It's. This. It's the, whoever invented it was trying to be I got it female for free. thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Remember, I got it for free from Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and I just, they were like, try it was this? this. It was this brand too. I, re, I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just opened it. I'm like, how? What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, how do what? I? I tried it out, and I just not went back successful to the for anybody. Nobody liked it. No, it's nobody. Enjoyed. It was in, okay. A, it was embarrassing and strange. It, <laughs> it almost is like you have to be so comfortable with a person to use that item that you would never use it. You know. Like, Condoms are for use when you're not with a person. It's like a new person, and you're like, I don't know where you've been. They're like, I don't know where you've been. And so you put on a condom, and then you're like, I don't care where you've been. Let's have fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> but with the female condom, it's like if you're at a first time with somebody and you're on a one night stand, it better be a joke. You'd be like, this is a joke one night stand. Ha ha. Let's <laughs> fuck with this shit. Let's use a female condom. You'd have to be so wasted and be having such a good time that they could actually take a joke. Because guys would be like, I. <laughs> or if you feel if you're all trying to impress them at all you don't break out the female condom you I'm, know I'm, I'm just trying to think the sensation of it what sensation I mean it, I mean it's like being inside a bouncy house kind of like you know you get in there <laughs> like what am I what, what, what pleasure am I going to get out of it what, what walls are you, what plastic walls are you going to hit right there right exactly <laughs> well and then I mean it's just it feels and it's a weird feeling when it's in there because it's moving and you're moving it's like a, it's like you put a plastic bag inside yourself and they're trying, fucking a plastic bag. I'm trying to imagine the sound. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, it must be, it must be, they should buy them and be like, less queefy. <laughs> Get the... <laughs> when you pull it out. So Here's what my dad said. My, I told my dad, so I, here we did this thing. I, I sent, I sent to him, he sent me that math history reform thing and I said, uh, Thanks, Dad. I'll read and discuss this with my co-host Latoya today on my socialist news podcast from noon to two. <laughs> Should be fun. We get over 15,000 downloads a month. I'm a straight-up Marxist, by the way. Love, Pam. Did you? And oh. he, wrote, Mar he wrote back, Marxist? So you share everything with your people? <laughs> yes, Dad, I do. I do. Can I you, do. You should email so him funny. back about the fact, thank you yes. for sending that yes. uh, garbage 
dad by yeah, the way it's uh, garbage yeah <laughs> by the way uh kevin coolidge started the great depression yeah yeah it's good he's so good at tax reform no i i mean i get it he's my dad is a champion of the middle class because he's a baby boomer and i get it i get it there's people post-world war ii the children of the world war ii people that all of a sudden they had it all and they went to college and they had their cars and they had stuff and it was where we was the american dream and there was an entitlement there and then they got a job and they bought a house it's just different now my parents bought a house in danville for like thirty two thousand dollars in 1979 right and they you know they they were lucky they moved to danville and they sold that house for like you know two in two hundred and twenty five thousand and they bought another house for three hundred thousand and they bought sold that house for a million and then they bought another so like they they made money off of the economic growth of california and they were the right place at the right time and i get it they made money but they're so funny now they told me they're they're actually kind of marxist because they're not leaving anything to me and they've told me we're not leaving you anything pam we're using it all and i'm like great i don't need your money i'm a marxist but because marxists don't believe in inheritance but they so now the house that they live in in arizona that they had specially built for them and they have their two golf carts and they play they're just like they're reverse mortgaging so when they die there's nothing left because it all just goes back to the bank but they get to live like kings right now which i 100 percent applaud high five parents you did it you grew up poor you made yourself rich now you live like richie pants people you know when they go to the store they can't not spend 150 bucks i mean they're out of the house for for the love of god they might as well spend 150 bucks right they just have money they're middle class they're the last of the middle class they play golf every day they're retired and it's great good for them but I don't want any of their money. Even if they had money, I'd be like, I don't, it's, I'm a Marxist. I don't believe in passing on things to children. I feel like all of the money should go to all the people, which is why I live subsistence wise. But the money's just going to go to the bank. Well, yeah, because they're reverse mortgaging. Like they yeah. just went on a, they went on a three week trip to Greece or whatever on a cruise. So for it, it didn't hurt you that they didn't want to leave you something? I, I don't give a fuck. I, I, no, 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 <laughs> no. My brother's super rich and he made his own money and everything. And, uh, and I never... The reason I, so I was married and I didn't take any money from my ex-husband. I got no alimony, palimony. I didn't even make him sell the house. I didn't take any money from him. And I, we were, we were married. We were together for 13 years, married for seven. And I didn't fuck him or rake him over the coals because it was that we bought our house at the height of the market and it was at the nadir of the market. And uh, I didn't want to fuck up his life anymore. And then I was just leaving. And the whole point was I never needed anybody anyways. I never needed to get married. I never needed a man. I never needed a man with a job. I've never needed anybody. I've always been able to take care of myself. I don't need my parents' money. I don't need anybody's money. I, if, okay, yeah, I need the government's money right now to survive. But I'm still like my subsistence is so small. Like I could be, uh, I could legitimately be a dependent on somebody else, and they wouldn't even notice I was there. You know, like my wifely skills are to the max. But I didn't, I didn't take any of my ex-husband's money because I didn't, I didn't want that lifestyle anymore. I would have took some shit. More money, more problems. <laughs> like honestly, if I, if I had more money, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. All I would do is probably go out to fa- eat fancier food. Travel. Sushi. Sushi. I love sushi. Ooh, actually, I know. But Mikado up the street has a really good bento lunchbox deal. Um, it's ten ninety five for two items, and you get soup and rice and a salad, and then two other things. And it's only twelve ninety five for three oh, okay. items. So Jonathan and I'll go out. We'll get five items, and then we have leftovers too. It's crazy. See, that's sixteenth and Bryant Mikado, and it's and, and we drank, drank, drank. Our bill was less than forty. It was forty five, including tax, and we each had. We split a large Sapporo, a large sake, and we each had bento box. That's a fucking great deal. That's what I would have did with that alimony, too. Yeah, I know. 
I, no, I, I don't regret not taking his money. It would have made life awesome. a lot easier, but I'm and, and not. Money isn't. I will tell you this. My focus. I, I, I will tell you this though, because I am. Um, it does destroy families. That's for sure. Money. Because yeah. oh yeah, because my grandparents. Um, when my grandmother died, um, there was an inheritance. And then when my grandfather died, oh, the family went ape shit. So oh, you had, I saw my aunts and uncles actually physically fighting yeah, over certain things. Sure. And like, oh yeah, Uncle, estate, Uncle Jim went in before everybody else and took everything cool. And all my mom wanted was this one pair of lamps. And he went in and he took it all and he sold it. And she's like, I wanted the lamps. I just wanted to keep those fucking lamps. And they fought forever over, over lamps. You know, like, but it's... <laughs> It's uh, families totally get broken up over money and estate and yeah it's, and who owned what and this and that and so I blah, guess maybe blah, 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 it'll blah, blah. you know you know when your parents you know pass or what have you they won't you guys won't have to worry about this no, you know the whole give it all to my brother I don't give yeah. a fuck <laughs> he's the one with the grandchildren anyways like leave the money leave, to them yeah, I'm leave it fine to the kids. there you go I'm fine yeah. like I'm gonna smoke pot and I'm gonna be fine. Don't worry, Dad. He's not going to listen to this anyways. But thanks for the math, history, and tax reform. Yeah, what a piece of dog shit that was. That was good. Glad we ripped that apart. You know, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is I'm the most educated person in my entire family. That's why you woke. With two master's degrees and a teaching credential. I have more education than... My entire family combined. Wow. And I am so poor. Uh, <laughs> See? No, but that's it's, the thing. Is, in knowledge, I am rich. I yeah. feel like I'm a rich person because I get to smoke pot all the time and I'm wicked smart. But they have so much money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and but you ain't woke. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the whole point. When the sun flare happens and they all lose their minds because their cell phone doesn't work, I'll be like, I have a dumb phone. It never connected to the internet anyways. <laughs> I got to think. I'm going to be okay without Venmo, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> doesn't affect me. Doesn't affect me. All right. This has been the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much, David Stolowitz of Occult Oubliette, for sticking around today and helping us out with the news. Yeah. My pleasure. The Thanks. socialism uh, news cast and Latoya the Sheriff of Truth is always a pleasure thanks so much you guys have been great thanks for being with us and uh, we'll go read a book go read a book (laughs) seriously Seriously. uh, stay tuned at 2 o'clock I have some call me Tim we'll be talking to John C. Sherman about what he believes in and then at 3 o'clock a new segment on some call me Tim called you put your weed in there where every week I'll be talking to a different chef they'll be reviewing their signature dish and then I'll talk about how to put weed in it because that's what I do Today's guest is Zach O. Wiseman. Bet you didn't know he has a chef degree, but he does. So I'm going to talk to him today, and uh, we'll be back at 2 o'clock. Thanks, guys, for being here. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. 
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. October 6th, come join us at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse for Johan Miranda. Headlining 50 minutes. Opening sets by Amy Bebo, Clay Newman, and Pam Benjamin. Don't miss this incredible headliner for only $10. Friday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Buy your tickets now on Eventbrite. Check us out on Facebook. Like all those comics, and please come support Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday at 8 o'clock.
my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days all streaming live all podcast posts all Mutiny Radio all the time the third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018 apply now If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like that? 